morning and welcome to the first worship service of 2021. I don't know about you, but I am so glad to be here and to be to have 2020 behind us. Uh, I feel like things are starting to look up. I hope you are feeling like things are starting to look up. Uh, we're not past the hurdles of 2020 yet, but uh, it just feels like a new day. And I hope you're experiencing that as well. Uh, this morning we are having our first worship service of the year and in addition to that we will be celebrating communion so i invite you to uh, grab some something to represent the body of christ and the blood of christ as we come to the lord's table this morning and uh, i just want to welcome you into this new year and into the the spirit of worship as we gather uh, this morning why don't we begin by opening up in prayer Our loving and gracious God, on this, the first Sabbath, the first Sunday, the first Lord's Day of 2021, we invite your Holy Spirit to be in our hearts as we pause in the midst of our lives to be in your presence, to worship you, to be inspired by your word, to uh, just experience the Holy Spirit being stirred in us again. Uh, Be with us, be in our hearts, be in our presence. Draw us together in this worship experience. We thank you. And we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Hi, this is the Bible verse reading today. It's John 1, 1 through 18, if you want to follow along. Hang on a sec. This is about the word becoming flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that all through him might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of the grace already given. For the law was given through through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who himself is God and is closest in relationship with the Father, has made 
him known. Uh, blessed be the word of the Lord. It's nice to see you all. Amen. So words have become so empty in our world today. Truth and facts seem to be up to interpretation. Honesty is nuanced so that lying seems to be no big deal. Alternative facts is a phrase someone actually used. Love gets thrown around until it has no meaning. The same word love describes how I feel about my family and how I feel about my shoes. Honor is something only soldiers who die in battle seem to have. And the things that people say in the public arena and the way that they say it make it so much harder to say something impactful. Politicians say so many words and it seems the more they say, the less they mean anything. And often the same is true of the church. Promises are made and broken. Oaths are made and broken. Vows are made and broken. The collective effect of all of this is that words become meaningless. And yet today in our text, we are told that the word has become flesh. That the word is life and the light of the world. This opening in the Gospel of John is yet another birth story. And in this birth story, John tries to find the words to express what happened when Jesus was born into this world. John beautifully and with transcendent language describes how all that God is, was, and ever will be came to us as Jesus a flesh and blood person who was born like you and me, lived and grew and died like you and me, experiencing the fullness of what it is to be human. The indescribable became the commonplace. The intangible became tangible. The unseen has been seen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word in Greek, hulogos, is Jesus. What does John mean by describing Jesus as the word? Does he mean the very utterance of God became a person? That the same creativity that was the words of God that brought form to the universe was now a person in Jesus? Does John mean that the promises spoken through the prophets uh, have come to be fulfilled. In the Old Testament, the prophets would say, this is the word of the Lord. And then whatever they said after that was a quote from God. Is this what became Jesus? Is Jesus a quote from God? I think that's an interesting idea. Does he mean everything ever spoken about God finally has come into being? Perhaps he means the divine life-giving breath that was breathed from God into Adam and Eve has now become flesh. Does John mean to speak of the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that we sing of in hymns like, Breathe on me, breath of God? Or perhaps John has the same complaint I do, that the words have become so empty, and he calls on us, to fill them with life again. To find new meaning in the words that we use to talk about our relationship with God. 
Words like faith, love, grace, mercy, blessing. These have all become such common church speak. If I were to ask any of you to tell me what faith means, it might take some thought and a lot of abstract garbledygook to describe it. Obedience, humility, selflessness, giving. These don't sound like things we really want to aspire to these days. But John tells us that when the word becomes flesh, it is the light of the world. And through it, we receive grace upon grace. And there's an important word we, can, we tend to take for granted. Grace, that unmerited sanctification that is given freely by God for our own edification. Now, the word sanctification really didn't help in defining grace, did it? Well, sanctification basically is to be made sacred, holy, pure. In other words, we have nothing to prove to God. God loves us anyway. We stand before the maker in good standing. We are right with God. God loves us so much that while everyone else sees our shortcomings and judges us, and while we look at ourselves in the mirror and we only see our failures and our flaws, God is so blinded by the love God has for us that all of that is obscured from God's consideration. God just doesn't see it. Like that mother that thinks her child can do no wrong, even though everyone in the neighborhood knows better. But no one will ever be able to convince God that you are anything less than extraordinary. That is God's grace that washes over us, giving us the hope and the strength to carry on. Grace that inspires us to move in a new direction. Grace that never gives up on who we can become. These high ideals come to life in the word become flesh. This Christmas story in John sets the tone for the entire gospel of John. And it tells us right from the beginning that until the word becomes alive in us, we are not going to experience much light until all of those words that were spoken all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, until those words take on meaning that gives life to us, that that puts us on a path that inspires us to good works, they pretty much become meaningless. Until the word bursts open and alive within us, words like grace compassion, justice, community, forgiveness. They are empty until they come to life in us. We cannot settle for the world's watered-down definition of these words because they come to the very heart of what Christ is bringing to the world. These words of life combat words like apathy, selfishness, terror, hate, disregard, injustice, oppression. They are the antidote. They are the antithesis. These words are alive and well in this hurt and broken world. And until the word and the words of God become alive in us, these words will dominate. In the beginning was the word. And that word has come to us in Christ and lives within us through the Holy Spirit. 
This is the birth story that comes alive in us even today. And what Jesus meant when he commended to Nicodemus that he should be born again. He means that the word that was born into flesh and bone on that Christmas morning so long ago continues to live in flesh and bone today. That word lives in you and in me and comes alive in the form of these deep words that we have left in, uh, for so long, left behind. Grace, mercy, righteousness, justice, love, peace, and hope. As we come to the dawning of a new year and a new decade, we are called to let these words live in us and to live differently because of them. May we be blessed as we dedicate ourselves to this calling. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, your Bible is filled with so many words. And sometimes we use them so much and in such a casual way that we forget the impact of their meaning. And we forget that they come as a calling to us, as a charge to us, to live into their fullest and deepest meanings. May we hear these common church words this year again and again and continually ask ourselves, what is the deeper meaning of this word for me and for my community and for the world? We thank you for the year to come and the blessings that we have experienced even thus far. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
you take two. Go ahead, Curtis. This morning we celebrate the first communion of 2021. And it's, uh, it's great to be done with 2020 and uh, to have that behind us. But it's also a time of remembering how many times over the course of the last year, uh, even in the midst of all of our difficulties, we were blessed by God. Uh, God gave us the strength to get through. And the teachings of Jesus Christ guided us. Uh, in our ways and helped us get through our difficult times. Uh, this first communion of the year, it's a great opportunity to recommit oneself to being uh, followers of Christ, to being those who, who seek the ways of Jesus, who seek first the kingdom of God, who love your, their neighbors as themselves, to love God uh, first and foremost, to live into all of the things that Jesus taught us and to live out the law of love. Uh, as we come to this, the Lord's table, I invite us all to be in the spirit of self-examination and the spirit of recommitment as we uh, come into this new season and this new year. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we come to this, your bread and your cup representing your body and your blood, reminding us of how much you have done uh, for us. And we take this moment, Lord, to commit ourselves to being followers of you and doing what we can to further your vision for the world, your kingdom of God in the world we live in. Uh, be with us in this coming year and as we seek to be with you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and after blessing it, he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus also took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins, the cup of Christ. Loving and gracious God, we accept these gifts, these sacrifices of your bread and your cup, your body and your blood, May we be imbued with your grace even as we celebrate this communion. Be with us today and in the days to come. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Go in the love and the hope and the peace and the joy of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you and God bless you.